What's up and welcome back to The Last Journey Podcast. Today we're going to talk all about pricing and I do not want you to make these mistakes when it comes to pricing, so listen up. Okay, the first is pricing based off of people in your area. What I first want you to remember is even though this is important, if you do live in an area that is completely oversaturated with artists um, like Utah, for instance, I have a client right now who is kind of experiencing this. She um, She's in Utah. There's so many lash artists around. She's already priced a little bit higher. That's somewhat of an exception to the rule, but I can tell you, um, you know, being from a small town, being in Delaware, I was always raised, I I started back in 2014 charging $200 for a set. And that was kind of normal because I was one of the only people around at the time. And I do understand that as, as business grows and as, as the industry grows, you're going to have all of these people kind of like watering down what that price looks like. But I want to empower you to really focus in on what it is that you want to provide to your client, what level of service you want to create for them and price according to that. Um, Make sure that if you are looking around at you at the different prices, I encourage you to raise your price just a little bit higher as long as you have the education for it. We'll get there too. Um, but I want you to really position yourself to say like, hey, I'm I'm worth these prices. I know what my time is worth. And I am trying to create the clientele that is going to value me for my time and my service. Now, the biggest thing and why I think it's so hard for people to really judge based on other people's prices is there are no two businesses that are the same. There are no two overhead Um, overheads that are the same. Your rent is not the same as this person's rent. You know, you can have things like if you live somewhat in the same area, yeah, your utilities might be somewhat similar depending on how many square feet you have versus they, you know, what they have. But for the most part, you are going to have such different things that are unique to your business that you need to pay for with your pricing that somebody else might not. You don't know their story. Maybe they're priced a little bit lower, Maybe they have somebody helping them with their bills. Maybe they have renters under them and maybe they don't have a profitable business. You don't know that. But what you do need to focus on is your own overhead and what you need to do to be able to make that with the hours that you have open, with the pricing that you are charging per hour, what your what your business is bringing in per hour and what it costs for you to actually run your business per hour. So I want you to think about all of those things. Um, I mentioned briefly, you know, paying pricing for the clientele that you want. So I have always found that if you end up pricing lower, you are going to attract a different clientele than if you price a little bit higher. When you price a little bit higher, you have people, trust me, you have people that are going to look at you and say, you know, I am expecting good quality service from this person. And I would rather go to someone who is a professional. I would rather pay a little bit more. I would rather have the consistency and clarity to under, to knowing that if I'm going to this person, I'm going to get exactly what I'm paying for. Um, I am one of those people. I say this all the time. I would rather go to a store where I have to pay a little bit more money for an article of clothing. If I walk into the store, everything is neat and it's laid out and there are different sections I can look at and it doesn't take me a long time to go through everything versus going to something like a Forever 21 
Um, or H&M, we have to like really, you know, go through the racks, look for, you know, one item out of all of those things. I don't want to spend an hour or two in one store just to maybe find a couple of pieces of clothing. I want to go to one store that I know I love. I love their fashion. It's really easy for me to see what I'm buying. The prices are laid out right there, in, out, cool, happy. Um, I'm that type of person. And I know there's a lot of other people out there too. I've built my business on it. So trust me when I say that if you are delivering what those certain clients are looking for, you will be able to charge just a little bit more even starting out. So um, the other thing you want to think about when pricing is if you are going to be one day building a team or adding a team, there is a lot different overhead associated when you're just by yourself solo than if you are now running a team because you might need someone on the desk to run admin. You might need to pay for, well, now you have to pay for more supplies. You have to pay for all of these different things that are associated with running a team. And if you start pricing yourself off too low, it is going to really mix up your clients when all of a sudden now you have to price your own prices that much higher so that you can bring on a team in order to charge lower. Does that make sense? So if you start knowing, okay, eventually I want to bring on a team and I'm going to have to pay that person, right? A, um, a competitive wage out of what I'm bringing in for this client service. Not only do I have to pay them, I have to pay now my overhead expenses too. And I have to make a profit because what's the point of running a business if you can't be profitable? So if you are charging a low amount, and now all of a sudden you're paying your employees, let's say, you know, you heard that 50% commission was a good rate to pay. So you have your prices low, you're paying your employee 50% commission. You are now in the negative as a salon owner because you are not charging the clients high enough to cover the overhead costs that you're incurring. So I want you to be really careful when pricing and bringing on a team and choosing your own commission structures. All of that goes hand in hand. Um, something that I usually coach my clients on is if you are going to have lower prices, you need to consider lower commission rates. So all of that goes hand in hand when you're planning your business plan in general. Okay. Um, next, when it comes to trying to price, I can tell you what I do, which is pretty easy. I usually try to get to as close to a hundred dollars of revenue per hour. Um, as possible with my team. I know that if I do that, I can still turn a profit. I know that things are running smoothly. And what that might look like is going to be a little bit different when it comes to classic lashes. You know, I might not be able to charge $100 for a 60 minute classic fill, but I could charge $100 for a 60 minute volume fill. Um, what you're going to do and what I encourage people to do is to make a spreadsheet. And on that spreadsheet, I want you to list every single service that you offer. I want you to write down how many minutes that service takes. So if it's 45 minutes, 60 minutes, 75 minutes, you're going to do it in increments of 15. In the next column, I want you to write how many increments of 15 it is. So if it's 45 minutes, you have the number three. It's going to be three increments of 15 minutes equals that service. You can then build out a spreadsheet that's going to tell you um, once you plug in the cost of that service, so let's say you have a 45-minute classic fill and you're charging $70. Well, now when you're building out this spreadsheet, you're going to be able to see what the profitability per hour is, even if it's a service that's under 60 minutes. 
Now with the 60 minute services, it's going to be super easy. If you're charging $90 for a 60 minute service, you're making $90 of revenue for that 60 minutes. Okay. But I want you to get this down on paper. I want you to figure out of every single service that you do, what is your profitability per hour? A lot of people are going to be very surprised to see that you might actually be making more on classic versus volume. I think that's something that, um, that happens a lot in the industry and you want to plan accordingly. Like if you know that you're doing a service that takes more effort, that, that takes more skill, that takes more money to pay for training for something, you should be making more per hour for that service, in my opinion. Okay. So taking all of that into consideration and cutting out anything that's not worth it for you or seeing exactly which services you do need to bring up to that try to get to that $100 an hour revenue mark. Um, and this is just a guideline, right? Everybody's business is going to be a little bit different. You might say there's just no way I can get to $100 an hour with lashing or with classic lashes, especially in your area. Well, then I would implore you to focus and hone in more on services that are going to bring you in a greater revenue per hour. Services like body waxing, Brazilians, permanent makeup, adding on to your current client's services. You can add on a, a brow wax and tint for, let's say, you know, on the lower end, let's say $40, right? Now you've gone from a $60 fill plus $40 just by doing their, their wax and tint. And we can do that, both of those services in a 15 minute time frame. Now you've added that extra money. Per, well, I guess technically it would be $100 minus the, or the divided by the 75 minutes, but you get what I'm saying. If you're constantly adding on extra services and really putting a focus on those add-ons, you're going to drive your revenue per hour. I would hope you're charging more than $60 for a, a 60 minute fill. Um, but by really thinking creatively about what you're charging, um, and how you're maximizing the potential of the client that you're with and the lifetime value of the client that you're with, it is going to drive your um, your revenue per hour up in the long run. Okay. Um, for us, we put a bigger focus on making sure that our our skin services are priced well over $100 of revenue per hour, our permanent makeup. Body waxing is one of the most um, profitable revenue per hour, like service drivers, because you can, you know, complete, for instance, we can do, um, I have some people who can do an $80 Brazilian in 15 minutes. They can even add on an extra body part to that too. So when you really factor in those 15 minute appointments and how much can be made in, you know, if you're doing four Brazilians back to back, it's a lot. So if you are focusing and honing in on those services more, it can help your overall salon productivity go up as well. Okay. Um, next pricing low. This is one of my, my big things, pricing yourself low due to desperation or imposter syndrome. So we have seen this huge influx of lash artists come in. And as the industry has grown, you see them coming in and they're like, oh, I, well, I can't charge as much as the salon. I'm only working out of my house. So I'm going to charge $60 for a set of lashes because to me, it's still better than my job, you know, over here. I'm still making more per money. That hurts the industry so much because it's not only devaluing what we're doing and the tedious work that we're doing, the physical work that we're putting onto our bodies too, by staying crunched up in that, you know, same position for eight hours. But it's like, what that says to me is that that person doesn't value their time. So why should you value 
theirs either. So if when pricing yourself too low, you're going to have other clients who are seeing your prices. They're going to say, why is that person priced so low? The types of clients that you're going to end up attracting are the people who are going to haggle you for your time, your money. They're going to complain a lot. They are only deal hopping and coming to you because of the low prices, because they know they can get it lower with you than if they went to a professional place to get it done. So this is the biggest price trap I don't want you to find yourself in. And then third, constantly announcing price increases, blaming it on the economy, um, and one of my biggest icks, putting it all over social media. We all saw this after COVID. Everybody's, you know, prices went up. We saw this a lot in the hair industry where people, you know, there was one post that was floating around with, you know, the price of foils and the price of this and the price of that. And this is, you know, here's a picture of my receipt clients. And this is why I'm raising my prices because everything is so expensive now and I need to put food on my table and blah, 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 blah. Nobody cares. Okay. What you need to do is run a super professional business. Don't put that out there to your clients. If you need to make a price increase to cover the cost of inflation, um, which, you know, I think last year the inflation rate was maybe 7%. Typically it's maybe like four to 5%. But just make that small adjustment on a yearly basis. Don't even say anything. I can promise you that pretty much every brand does this. I worked for MAC Cosmetics. I worked for NARS Cosmetics for three and a half years before I got into lashes. And every single year, their blushes would go up a dollar, if not sometimes $2. And would they say anything? Would they put out a bulletin? Would they post on their social media that their blushes were being raised a dollar? No, they wouldn't. Okay. So what I want you to do is just have that, you know, have that price increase, like have it kind of be in the beginning of the year where it's just planned. Clients just expect it. Um, you can do, um, usually I recommend about 5% to cover inflation. 7% is to include, um, inflation and a small raise for yourself. And then 10% will cover both. I always saw this, um, my friend Michelle from Beauty Business Guide on Instagram always posts this and I love her number calculations and it's always just stuck in my head. But that's a really great place to start. And if you are finding once you figure out your revenue per hour that your pricing is so low compared to what it should be, um, do a bigger raise, especially for those services at one time. Like don't do, okay, I know I need to raise these prices by $20 in order to hit where I should be in my revenue per hour. Um, don't raise it five. And then a few months later, raise it five again and then raise it five again, because that's really going to throw your clients off. Do one price increase. And if it is a larger price increase like that, maybe tell your clients in person, like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know. Um, I, you know, I'm still growing my business. I realized that I needed to, you know, make this small price change in some of my services. And this is actually a service that you are, booked in for. So I wanted to let you know, I am going to honor the old pricing this time, or maybe you do it for, you know, the next 90 days or whatever. But then after the 90 days, it's going to be increasing to X on, on your, um, booking system. So just giving them the heads up personally goes a long way. Don't post it online and don't blame it on anybody else. You are allowed to give yourself raises every year. Um, and you are allowed to adjust for growth in your business. So just remember that. And, um, and feel empowered by it. So lastly, I want to go over, how do you know if it is time to raise your prices? So um, right now we are in a recession and I have to be honest, um, in the past couple months in my business, I don't know if it's because I've um, kind of like 
temporarily temporarily lost one um, major esthetician. She's on maternity leave with her super cute baby. Um, but I, I've lost her in one location and I have another one of my top estheticians who is moving to Nashville. And um, that has been a bigger blow to my business at a time where I feel like clients are not spending like they used to. Possibly we've been putting a lot into our client experience and making sure everything is going well. But I think that across the board, I'm hearing from a lot of other salon owners too, that they're experiencing the same thing. So we might just be in this weird lull, kids going back to school, parents need to buy, you know, need to buy school stuff. I'm not sure. It's too early to tell. Um, But that being said, I can't pretend that it hasn't crossed my mind on whether or not I'm going to do my yearly raises. Every January, I always do yearly price increases. And part of me is wondering, like, is it the time? Because what I like to look at is the productivity of the overall salon. And I think right now we are at about 75% for one of my locations um, and probably 80 to 85% for my second location. Um, The 80 to 85%, that is a really healthy place to be. And that's probably due to the fact that my other esthetician is on leave. So when she comes back, it's going to be even busier. They're a really, really um, popular booked out studio. But, um, you know, is it right to raise prices when you have some wiggle room for demand, when you have all of these gaps on your book? Um, The first thing I want you to focus on is what extra value can you deliver your clients? Are you going to be doing the same thing? Are you going to just be, you know, increasing prices for no reason? I'm really torn on that. For some reason in my gut this year, I just don't know that that's the answer without me seeing that these gaps are, you know, filling up. I want to see that we're getting booked out a little bit more. I want to see that we're hitting our monthly numbers. Um, So I'm going to have to wait it out the next few months to see maybe I don't do the price increase in January, but maybe when things pick back up again, we do that little hike and we call it a day. Um, You know, now I don't think if you ask me to do it now before the holidays, I don't think that would be the right time. However, we are getting ready to get creative with what we're doing and we're getting ready to launch memberships next month. Starting October 1st, we are coming out with a facial membership and a waxing membership. And what this does is it allows your clients to book for services at a discounted rate But because they're coming in more frequently than they would before, especially when it comes to waxing, I know, um, you know, I'm totally guilty of this. I'll just make an appointment when I need to come in versus, you know, getting somebody to come in on a monthly basis, which is guaranteeing that monthly income for your studio. I'd rather give the client a little bit of discount to ensure that they're going to be coming in every four weeks um, for that repeat business. Same with facials. If I can give them a little discount off the end, offer add-ons onto those facials um, and create a real experience for them, this is going to increase our revenue regardless because we're not only... um, you know, giving them the option to customize their facials with those extra add-ons, but we are getting them in the door and, you know, making sure that they're coming in even when they wouldn't have booked it before. So I encourage you to get a little bit creative with how you're bringing in revenue right now before possibly thinking about a price increase right here, right now. Um, But that being said, if you are on your own and you are constantly like over 80% booked out, raise your prices. You can, your demand is there. Nothing bad is going to happen. Um, if you, if you do that, 
you know, the idea of it as a business owner is you do want a little bit of your time back. You want to be able to produce like if you, even if you don't want a team, right? If you're constantly working 35 to 40 hours a week, I want you to scale back your time and I want you to charge a little bit more. So eventually you can be making the same amount without having to work all of those extra hours. And that's going to help you not feel as burnt out and have a little bit more of a personal life too. Um, I hope this helped you. If you have any more questions, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram um, at the Tiffany Mitchell, and I will see you next time. Bye.